We have the three remaining passages left of the five passages in Quran in which the du'as of Nabi Ibrahim are mentioned. So the three we're going to do tonight. The first one is Surah Al Shu'ara, Surah 26, verses uh, 83. Uh, well, the story of Nabi Ibrahim starts from verses 69 onward. From 69 onward. So let me explain the context a bit, then we'll come to the particular du'a. So this is Surah Al-Shu'ara, Surah 26, verses 69 onward. So verse 69, Al-Spanta says, Adu Billahi Minashaytan Rajibim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Waddu alayhim Naba'a Ibrahim That recite to them the Naba'a, the story, the information, the incident, the narrative of the Prophet Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. All right. Now there are, you know, many passages in Quran Kareem where the story of Ibrahim Sam is given, how he debated with his father, with his people, how he smashed the idols, and all of you should, inshallah ta'ala, be familiar with that. All right. Uh, and I already explained before that these stories and incidents are revealed for many reasons. One reason is also to give Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comfort uh, when he realizes that his forefathers and the earlier prophets went through many, many similar things. Now, after uh, Nabi Ibrahim salam, has this. Uh, sort of debate uh, between him and his people and also him and his father that goes from verses 70 up to verses 82. Then in verse 83, he starts making dua. Alright? He makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbi habli hukmaw wa al-hikni bis-salihin. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow upon me hukmah. Hukmah is, so you have hikmah and you have hukmah. Alright, the same root, same passage. Uh, so this is, Allah Ta'ala, give me an understanding and knowledge by which I'm able to resolve and settle human affairs. So you can imagine hikmah is like an intrinsic understanding of knowledge and wisdom, and hukmah is the ability to enact it. Right? So confer upon me that wisdom which I may apply, which I may enact uh, within and amongst humanity. And obviously, what was it that Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim wanted to enact was Tawheed. So he's debating them and unfortunately, you know, his father's not accepting. These are the tests. Nuh son didn't accept. Now if Ibrahim next major prophet, his father doesn't accept. Look at the way the Anbiya were tested, right? For us it's so difficult when there's a new Muslim, he or she, it's so difficult for her if her parents don't accept Islam. She should she should remember the story of Nabi Ibrahim For some of us who may have been born into Muslim families, and if Allah Ta'ala protect anyone and everyone from this, but if there's a child who goes astray, it gets very difficult. They should remember the story of Nabi Nuh Hmm? So what this is why Nabi Ibrahim he asked for this. He wanted this hukmah, that deep understanding and knowledge of wisdom that can and also the ability to apply and enact it. I'm trying to explain to them but I just can't I, I can't enact it. Hmm? I can't bring this tohid into their, their hearts. Allah Akbar. Wa al hikni bisalihin. And the second thing he says, and join me with the salihin. Now you may have seen up to now in Quran, Karim Allah Ta'ala refers 
to all of these people also as Salihin. Like the Nabi Anbiya, the Prophet are often referred to Allah by Salihin. So the first meaning here could be Allah saying, and join me with the previous Prophets. Salihin can also just mean Allah join me with those people who are virtuous and pious and do believe in you. Third meaning can be he's actually make, making dua for an ummah of his own. He wants Sahaba. Say, I'm stuck with these people even though they're my people and my family and my father but they're not believing in you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so give me hukmah give me a way to enact this belief in them and second join me with people who do believe in you join me with the community of virtuous believers give me some companions give me some sahaba salihin alright and all of these meanings can be there together uh, simultaneously the next verse, verse 84. So the dua continues. Next verse, verse 84. Alright, so here, uh, Nabi uh, Ibrahim salam, is asking that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can you make me, uh, for me, a, you can say, a word of truth for those who are to come. Make my speech a guidance of truth for those who are to come. So here, Nabi Ibrahim is thinking, okay, maybe I may not even be able to affect this civilization, the society I'm living in, right? And largely that's true. Later on, you know, for example, Isa is there's mention of the Hawariyun. Even when Nabi Musa is there's mention, no matter how many of the followers may have questioned and doubted with, he did have some true followers. But with Ibrahim Islam, you have mention of him and you have mention of his sons. There's very, very little mention of large numbers of followers. So Nabi Ibrahim was thinking, uh, if you will, forward, right? That okay, if these people cannot realize the truth that is appearing on my tongue, these people, our hearts are not being affected and changed, then in the future generations to come, in the coming generations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let my tongue and let my words be remembered and honored as truth. And obviously, you know, this was accepted. Uh, and this is why Nabi Ibrahim's words are mentioned in Quran al-Karim. His words are recited by the Mu'mineen. His words are a necessary part of the completion of the recitation of Quran, generally or inside Ramadan or inside Sar, even in Taraweeh. That is the extent to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted these words, that they're actually part of Kalamullah, they're part of the Ibadat of the Ummah Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. So what Nabi Ibrahim wanted was that his, uh, there should be a legacy of Iman for the later generations. The next dua he makes, so the next verse, uh, verse uh, 85. And make me from amongst the heirs, the inheritors, the waratha of what Jannah, and which Jannah? Jannat, uh, jannat Naim. So Naim, you can say the the, the Jannat of bliss, about yeah, you can call it the Garden of Bliss if you want to use sort of English term. So now he's thinking about his future, to thinking about the legacy, the future of humanity on Earth. That he wants his if his Nabuwa is not accepted by those around him, let the teaching of his Nabuwa be accepted by later generations of humanity. And my own future, let me be amongst those who get the Jannat of Naim. Then Wagfirli uh, Abi. And then he makes this famous incident that he makes du'a for the forgiveness of his father. Why? Because he is amongst those who have uh, been deviated. Right? And later it will come in Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentioned this du'a. 
and say that Rukhi Nabi Ibrahim he made this dua uh, and this comes uh, in Surah Tawbah Surah 9 verse 114 and it comes also in Surah Ibrahim Surah 14 verse 41 alright uh, and actually the dua that Nabi Ibrahim was making is that his father accept Tawheed accept belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the words are forgive Right? But by forgiving, and this is why I said Kanam in Adalin, he didn't say that he's from the sinners, that forgive him because of his sins. No. Because Nabi Ibrahim Islam is focused on the, his father being astray and he lacking Iman, so the ulama said that Waqfir here means that forgive him means take him out of this deviation and being astray, and grant him Hidayah and grant him Tawheed. Then, Wala. And Ya Allah, don't humiliate me on that day when people be resurrected and gathered in front of you. So this famous uh, sentences of Quran al-Karim are actually part of the dua of Nabi Ibrahim So Nabi Ibrahim is worried that on the Day of Judgment, if he's judged on this, that how many people was he able to successfully invite to Tawheed? He's worried. He doesn't want to be disgraced by Allah on the day when people will be resurrected. But all of us know how much Allah has accepted this dua. What he will find on that day, inshallah, is that all of the anbiya after him and Sayyidina Rasulullah and inshallah us, the Ummah and Mustafa will all be there to sh- to, to, as evidence that he was from the Nabi'een and, and Mursaleen and that his path and his way was the Millah to Ibrahim Hanifa that we also and our Prophet also aspired to follow. And then Nabi Muhammad makes a very famous statement about the reality of the Day of Judgment. Right, and those who some of, if any of you have been listening to us for some time, this is uh, verses that we would often talk about in different talks. Hmm? And there's another aspect of du'a. Sometimes in du'a, just don't say, oh "Allah Taala, uh, forgive me on the day of judgment." It, flush it out. Allah oh, Taala, forgive me on the day of judgment, the day in which there'll be no shade except for the shade of Your mercy, the day in which I will be fleeing from my brother and my spouse and my parents and my children, the day in which there will be no power to help me except You. Forgive me on the day of judgment, Ya Allah, the day in which neither wealth nor assets will benefit me. So the translation, that no wealth or assets will benefit me in any way. And my children, my relations, nothing will benefit me. Except for that person who appears to Allah Ta'ala on that day with a pure and sincere heart. This is a statement and it's also a dua. Right? And so the notion is also that a person who comes to Allah Ta'ala with sincere heart, then they will get the help from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is something we learn from dua. And I think a lot of us, we just say, Oh, Allah Marjuna Minnar, we just routinize it. So we should say, Allah Ta'ala, Oh, uh, Rescue me and grant me sanctity from the fire of Jahannam, the fire which I will not be able to withstand, the fire that is one of a, a adabun adim, which is a tremendous punishment, adabun muhin is a humiliating punishment, adabun alim that you described in Quran as a painful punishment. Flush it out, flush it out, right? So this is one of the adab of the du'as, du'a that we learn from the du'a of Nabi Ibrahim salam and the fikr that he had. Uh, for the whole ummah, for the future of humanity, for his own father, for his own self. Uh, it's a, what we call jame. It's a, a very uh, all-encompassing du'a. 
Okay, the next passage is in Surah Safat. So, so we're almost done for tonight, inshallah. Two just passages to do. So second to last, Surah Safat, Surah 37. Surah 37. So, okay, I, you know, I think we've talked a lot about that. We'll just go straight to the Dua here. All right? Uh, so, verses 99 and 100. Surah Safat, Surah 37, verses 99 to 100. Audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem wa rabbi sayyahdeen. So, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. All right? Uh, and this is this is the, you know, just you know this part of the story is when they uh, you know tr- his people they tried to uh, cast him in the fire and Allah Taala made the fire cool all right so then after all this this is immediately this that verses ninety seven and ninety eight so nine onwards what is Nabi Ibrahim Allah saying so literally it means that I'm going to go to my Rub right uh, and this is his hijra. This is his hijra. So the real hijra is illallah. It may be outwardly from Makkah Makkah to Medina Menorah. It may be in his case, he went to Palestine according to the historians and the ulama of tafsir. Alright? It's a hijra to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inni zahibun ila rabbi sayyahdeen. And then Allah ta'ala will surely soon guide me and give me hidayah. So sometimes this is a teaching for us in life also. Sometimes we have to make hijra means we have to make some type of shift, some type of change, some type of paradigm change. We have to leave things in our past. We have to leave sin. We have to go to a place where people are more accommodating. This is all, any and all of, any, some, all of these are aspects of hijra. So according to, to the works of Hadith and the Ulama of Tafsir, that Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim salam, and Nabi Lut salam, they made hijra for Philistine. For Philistine. Alright? And then later, later it will come, then, then Nabi Ibrahim will have sons, and he will have, give birth to Sayyidina Ismail and Sayyidina Ishaq, and then Allah will guide him to go to Makkah Mukarramah. That's coming later. Alright? This is immediately after his own community rejected him and tried to cast him into the fire. So he makes dua for that later to come. What's the next verse? Verse 100. Rabbi habli minas salihin. Then Allah Sponta give me a gift from the salihin. And immediately Allah gives the jawab, the answer for the dua. فَبَشَرْنَاهُ بِغُلَامٍ حَلِيمٍ And indeed we gave him the glad tidings that we will give him a boy who is halim. Hmm? Who will have a capacity to bear. Hmm, a capacity to bear, like you will see, as you know the story of the sacrifice uh, of I mean, the, the the test of the sacrifice of uh, Nabi Ismail alayhi salam. All right, so it's a very short, simple du'a. Rabbi habli minas salihin. So this is also a simple du'a people can make for children or even people who have children. That okay, Allah, you gave me a child, but is he from the salihin? Hmm? You can say, Ya Rabbi, Habli bi ghulamin halim. Ya Allah, if you have a son, Ya Allah, make my son halim. Make my son have the bearing capacity to withstand tests and trials for your sake. Grant my children, sons and daughters both, a love for you, love for Quran al-Kareem, love for Deen Islam, love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So one of the things is you take the du'as of the Anbiya, you learn from their manner of making du'a, and you also look at their words and you add to it sentences and words of your own, and you build upon it. All right? So that's it. This is a very short du'a over here. And then the last, uh, now fifth and final passage uh, in Qur'an al-Kareem, which has the du'a of Nabi Ibrahim as-salam, is Surah Mumtahana. 
uh, Surah Mubtahina, and that is a Surah number 60, and we're looking at verses uh, 4 and 5. All right, Surah number 60, verses 4 and 5. Allah SWT says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد كان لكم أسوة حسنة في إبراهيم عجيب this is the same phrase Allah Taala used for Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة Allah Taala saying that indeed for you you have أسوة حسنة indeed for you O all believers you have a أسوة حسنة a beautiful and noble and virtuous and excellent and pious and sterling example في إبراهيم إن إبراهيم عليه السلام والذين معه and those who were with him alright so here we have a mention of his people now okay this is much this is much later now in the story this is much later now in the story what إذ قالوا لقومهم when they said uh, to their people means when they said to those who were uh, rejecting Deen to the rest of their community, their family, their friends, or Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu have said to his father. Oh, did I just? So we are bari, it means we are absolved, we exonerate ourselves entirely from you and from every single thing that you worship Mindunillahi other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kafarna bikum. And this is interesting. That we deny you. We deny you. We disavow you. Wabada bainana wa bainakum al adawatu wal baghdau abadan. And enmity and hatred and hostility has manifested itself between us abadan forever. Allahu Akbar. And between you and us forever. Hatta until. Until that moment when all of you will adopt Iman in Allah subhanahu wa alone. You will believe in only and only Allah subhanahu wa One Allah subhanahu wa Ibrahim li abihi la astaghfiranna laka wa ma amliku laka min Allahi min shaykh. So here is mentioning that accept that statement of Nabi Ibrahim to his father when he said that I shall definitely pray for your forgiveness. I will Pray to Allah Ta'ala for your forgiveness. So Allah Ta'ala is, sort of you can say, correcting this. Uh, that, uh, sorry, that Nabi is something, I'll pray for your forgiveness. However, I have no authority or power to do anything for you, O my Father, in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Then he makes dua to Allah. So this part is the often recite dua as well. That O Allah, our Rabb, it is upon you and you alone that we turn, turn in complete reliance and trust. But and towards you, 
Anabna, do we have inaba, do we have yearning and turning and inclining and logging? Wa ilaykal masir, and to you ultimately is our final return. Yani after death we will return in front of you on the day of judgment. Then the last ayah when the dua ends, Rabbana la taj'alna fitnatan lilladheena kafaru. That, oh, our Rabb, don't make us a fitna for those who disbelieve. Don't make us a fitna for those who disbelieve. What does it mean? Right? So those who disbelieve, we don't want to be a test for them. Rather, we're supposed to be a means of guidance for them. We're supposed to be a peace for them. We're supposed to be a means of spreading the mercy and love of the teachings of Islam for them. As Jeev, now who's making this dua? Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. And he's making it not just about himself, but on behalf of him and his whole community. Partly because of what came before, that he's realizing that due to their uh, intense oppression and opposition to, to him and his community, like he said, there is this opposition and enmity that has now been manifest and he's worried that lest any one of us, any one of us believers act on any feeling of opposition and enmity, then we will actually become a fitna for those who disbelieve. Second, so he's asking for past forgiveness and maybe even in advance for any forgiveness. And forgive us, our Rabb. Innaka antal azizul hakim. Indeed, you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are almighty and all wise. So, this is another one of the adab of the du'as of the Anbiya that many times it will end with the pairing of divine names. And that pairing of divine names often has to do with an acknowledgement of Allah ta'ala's attributes. So, when you say, Innaka antal aziz, so just think like this. So, what was the du'a right before this? Waghfir lana rabbana. Oh Allah Ta'ala forgive us. So one way is to say, Oh Allah Ta'ala forgive us. Innaka antal ghafoor rahim. Because you are the being who forgives. Forgive us. Because you are the being who forgives. Here it's saying, Allah Ta'ala forgive us. Innaka antal azizu. Because you are the almighty being. Means if you don't forgive us, you can strike us down with your wrath. You, we, we will be... Nothing uh, in front of your might and your power. There's a different way to ask forgiveness. Al-Hakim. And you are all wise. You are all wise. Alright? So it, it's an interesting thing that all the names and attributes of Allah Ta'ala actually can be used to seek His forgiveness. Not just Allah Ta'ala's attributes of being Al-Ghafar and Al-Ghafur. So this is the last lesson we take from this last du'a. We make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, this is just uh, an introduction for all of you. Uh, but there's much, much more to these verses and these du'as that you should reflect on. But the point is to make use of these du'as in their Arabic phrasings, to understand their meanings, to try to feel their meanings, then to express those feelings in your own wordings, in your own language, to add upon them and follow them up with your own du'as. And there's no better month of Ramadan than to make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala accept all of our du'as and this month. And may Allah ta'ala make this month a means of hidayah for the entire ummah. Wa akhirat da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbin alameen.